Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Made in His Image podcast. This is your host, Brianna, and I'm so glad that you are here today. If this is your first time, welcome. Please stay for a while, kick your feet up, grab some tea, grab some coffee. And if this is not your first time here, well, welcome back. I'm so glad you decided to come back and congregate and commune with me just for a little while. But I do want to jump just straight in just because y'all know I like to get straight to it. Like no run around, no hoopla. Let's just get straight to it. So I'm going to pray and then we'll jump in. Um, So Father God, we come before you, Lord, and just so grateful for the time that we get to spend with you. So grateful that your word is, it's always relevant, Lord. It's always on time and it's always just what we need, God. And I pray in this time, Lord, especially with what you have revealed to me, Lord, help us to just commune with you, learn more about you, and in turn, Lord, learn more about ourselves and who we are um, in congruency to that, Father God. I pray um, to remove all distractions and nerves that get in the way and just really just spend this time with you and with everyone under the sound of my voice to just learn more about you, God, and in turn, more about ourselves. In Jesus' name I ask and pray. Amen. All right. So, uh, this is, like I said, if this is your first time here, um, thank you so much for, you know, checking out this episode. Um, please like, comment, subscribe, um, anything, (laughs) really anything. Um, but so for today, I kind of wanted to take a step back just because I have really been in my head about, you know, just these episodes, if I'm being completely honest. But one of the things that, I have found myself in recently. I've been in a state of limbo for probably a couple of weeks now, and I just really have not been able to focus. I started a new job. I my life has done a 180 compared to where it was probably like a month or two ago, and it's been really hard for me to even just sit and have my quiet time. It's been really hard for me to even just like settle my mind for like 5 seconds and pray. And that's one of the I feel like that's one of the things that we don't always talk about or say out loud because it just is who wants to say that out loud I know I don't but I've really been struggling and as I was trying to ask God like okay God like you know of course the podcast is important but what is it that you want me to understand just about like my relationship with you and over time he kind of just described and showed me like my perception of what um, our relationship is, me and Jesus, me and God, it's it's a little skewed because um, sometimes we can be fearful to go back to Jesus after we have just wandered off or we've been caught in limbo and we just feel like we're, we're not going to get that intimate time or touch again. And when in reality, that's not how it goes. Like he, I promise you, like he is literally waiting on us to return back home, but we are just so in our head or so stuck in limbo that we think we can't get it, like get back. Um, and sure enough, I come back to um, some scriptures I had read back in like this is February 8th of 2022. It is November 9th. And like I come back to this passage and I read it in a different way um, in February than I ever have before. And it's still relevant to this day. So I'm gonna just jump straight to it. Um, so I basically just made the note of like I was pulled to Ruth. I was in the passage of Ruth and I don't really know why. Um, but we're just going to jump straight in. So for some context for Ruth, um, you guys have heard the story of Ruth. Like, you know, she was in the lineage of David and, um, she was like a very obedient woman. Right. And so, so in the story of Ruth, 
we always talk about how when she met Boaz, right? We always talk about like, oh, waiting on the Boaz, waiting on our Boaz, this, that, and the third. However, I do want to go back to the very beginning of the book because I think there was some really interesting context about Ruth, but also about her former mother-in-law. So the Ruth that is always described as the Ruth that met Boaz, right? The love story of Ruth and Boaz and, you know, who doesn't love a good love story? Child, I know I do. Like a sap, absolutely. However, I wanted to go to the beginning of the book because I think there was some really, it was just, it was just, it really blessed me. So I'm gonna just go there. So we know Ruth, but who I want to talk about is actually Naomi. Okay. So for starters, and the reason I want to talk about Naomi today is because Naomi, I identify with Naomi in a lot of ways, just because sometimes we leave from where we were at, we were settled, where we were good, and we assume like somewhere else has something better for us, wherever that may look like or whatever that might be. But anyway, just for some context, um, Naomi, right? This is Ruth. This is her mother-in-law. So Naomi's family, they are Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. And one of the cool things that I learned is Bethlehem actually translate to house. It translates to house of bread, right? So Bethlehem literally means house of bread. And so they left this place. They left Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. So they left their house of bread, their nourishment, their, their, their covering, right? And they went to the land of Moab. Now, don't get me wrong. Bethlehem was, it was very rough there, but essentially that's where, you know, the Lord's covering was. That's where provision was. But they left and went to the land of Moab and, and assumed like there would be something better out there for them. So they also join um, Naomi and her husband and her two sons, one son is married to Ruth, and the other son is married to the other daughter, Orpah. Now, these two sons, they pass away. The husband, which is Naomi's husband, and then her two sons, which are married to her two daughter-in-laws, they all pass away. And so all of them are now widows. And the mother, Naomi, she's especially grieving because she doesn't have a husband, and now she doesn't even have sons. So her protection, her source of income, everything that she has and and is was dependent on is now gone and so she is i mean at this point she's she's really grieving but it says in ruth chapter 1 verse 6 it says then she arose with her daughter daughter daughters-in-law to return from the country of moab for she had heard in the fields of moab that the lord had visited his people and had given them food so she set, so she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. For another fun fact, Judah also means praise. Okay, it, it translates to praise. So keep that in your head. But Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, go return each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. Lord grant that Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of, of her husband. She then kissed them and lifted their voices up and wept. And they said, no, we will return with you you and your people. But then Naomi says, turn back, my daughters. Why would you go with me? I have no sons in my womb. And how can they become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go and find your way. I'm too old to have a husband. 
pretty much she's giving them a run around like I I'm no I'm not good for anything anymore. I can't help you. I I hope the Lord deals kindly with you. Y'all be able to take care of yourselves, but I'm not going to be of any service to you, right? So one thing I found interesting about Naomi is Naomi's grief. And grief is such a y'all this is such a strange emotion or process that every person goes through whether it's through death it's through loss anything of that nature it's very strange right and we all deal with it differently sometimes I'm like Naomi I push people away when I'm grieving just because I don't want to hurt people or I don't want to get in the way of people getting what they need and um you know, all of us kind of do that. But um, one thing to note about Ruth is she said, Naomi, I'm not leaving you. Like Orpah, she went her other way. You know, she's like, okay, like, love y'all, but you know, I'm gonna go this way. But Ruth said, no, nah, I'm gonna stick, I'm gonna stick beside him. Like, I'm gonna stick beside you. And Naomi, later on in the script, in the scripture, she says, call me Mara, for Mara means bitter. And Mara, was the name that she wanted to take on because she had grown so bitter and hurt from the loss that she had experienced. Now, like I said, I wanted to talk about Naomi today because I think there's something so special to note about choosing better and choosing what isn't always comfortable. So as I said before, it says in verse in chapter one, verse seven, so she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. Don't know why, but that really, really blessed me. And let me tell you why. Like I said, grief is a strange process and we all handle and cope very differently. But Naomi's choice and how she was going to deal with that grief is something that I want to note today. And when I say grief, I don't necessarily mean you just suffered a death or you just suffered a loss. But I am saying when something has happened to you that has affected the way that you view life, that has affected the way you handle things, that has affected how you interact with people, that that could be in any shape, form or fashion. And Naomi's response is one that I want to point out because I'm not sure if it got enough notoriety. So in verse six, I meant to go back. I'm gonna go back one more. In verse six, it says, then she arose with her daughters-in-law. They're talking about Naomi and her daughters to return to the country of Moab for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So pretty much sis had heard through the grapevine, you know, in the fields of Moab, like, hey, I heard God is really blessing people back in the land, like back in Bethlehem. Like I heard, you know, like he's really taking care of people, even in the famine. And so Naomi, she had heard about what the Lord was doing in where she would like in Israel, uh, in Israel, because that's where they were originally from Bethlehem and Judah, which is in Israel. And she had heard about it from the land of Moab. And she was like, I want parts. I just lost my husband. My sons are gone as well. I've I'm grieving, but there's got to be more to life than all that I have lost. There's got to be more. And I think Ruth recognized this in Naomi. Um first by wanting to go back like after losing her sons, her husband, you think Naomi um she would find her life futile like or just sorrowful, 
you know, she had hurt, but she wasn't. She even though even though she was, I'm not negating that she wasn't experiencing those things, but even even in feeling all of those things, she heard about what God was doing and decided like I can't just stay here because the the Bible, the Bible, the diction of the Bible is so it's so interesting, which is why you got to be so attentive to how you read it, because it says so in verse seven. So she set out from the place where she was, meaning she got up on her feet and got out of where she was so she could get somewhere else, get to where she was going. She had to go get her blessing. I don't know if y'all heard that song. If y'all was raised in the old church like me, but you know what I'm saying? Go get your blessing. Like, yeah. And to me, like what I envisioned the thoughts going on in her brain, if I could just get over there, like if I could just go get back in that place where I had provision up under the Lord, up under his wing, like if I could just get back in that place. And that made me think like, dang, how we respond really does matter. What we go through is inevitable. We're going to experience a lot of grief and a lot of loss and a lot of heartbreak and a lot of just trivial things that are not going to make sense. However, how you respond can make or break a lot of things. You know, it was it was it was like a real life like girl get up kind of moment. Like, girl get up. You know what I'm saying? Like, girl get up. And so my first point, which is funny enough also the name of this episode is get back to the bread. Remember when I said Bethlehem means house of bread? Go back home. Go back to the place that nourished you. Go get back under listening to the Lord. A a prayer life. A a prayer life to answer to everything, first of all. First of all. And this this is coming from somebody whose prayer life was very strong and then fell off. And I noticed how malnourished I felt. How, like, weary I felt by not getting in that place of spending my time with the Lord in prayer, in worship, in conversation, just anything of that nature. So my first point is go back to the bread, go back to the place that nourished you to Bethlehem, to the house of bread, whatever that may look like, because there's no provision or bread outside of that. There's nothing. And I I know that because in Ruth verse one, uh, script, Chapter one, verse 21, she says, I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. This, ooh, child, (laughs) this one hit me differently because I know exactly what she means. I don't know if any of y'all are Marvel, you know, Marvel heads like me, but I'm gonna go there. There was a, a quote Thanos said that came up to my mind when I was reading that, but Thanos you know, he could give them speeches, but he said, you couldn't live with your failures. So where has that brought you back to me? I couldn't help but think of that because I'm not saying the Lord is like, oh, you failed and now you want to come back. That's not how God responds to us. God responds to us saying, you know, I know you wandered off. I know you went away from the place that I created for you. But when you are ready, I'm going to be here just like the prodigal son. Just like any other biblical character or story where the person went away from the place that the Lord had created for them and over time realized what was out there was not better than what the Lord had for them. I couldn't like I couldn't help but just make that connection. And so I just kind of just started thinking like, wow, like 
So we all kind of wander off or we all go away from where, you know, our place was. However, that doesn't mean we can't go back because like I said, Naomi, she heard about God blessing the people back in Israel. She was back in Moab and she, the way she could have responded was, was, well, I've already lost everything. I might as well sit out here and just stay out here because I wandered away and I can't go back. No, even though she was sorrowful and hurt, she heard God blessing those people and said, well, I got to go back there. I, I got to go back. I have no other choice. Like, I, I got to go back there. And I think Ruth caught on. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. I don't know. And I'm going to say that a lot. Some of these things are left open and that's something I don't know, but I can't help but note that. And one of the things, one of the other things that the Lord kind of illustrated to me is like, hey, sometimes disobedience cost. Sometimes when we wander off and we leave our place of nourishment, we go out and look for everything else in the world. Sometimes it costs us things. It costs us our mental health. It could cost us our finances. It could cost us our relationships that are good for us. It could even cost us our life to an extent. And that's what happens in disobedience. And that's pretty much what happened because where they were in the land of Bethlehem was where the Lord had them. But when they went to the land of Moab, even though, you know, everything that was out there seemed straight out there in Moab, that's not where the Lord called them. And essentially, it ended up costing them their lives. And, you know, sometimes disobedience, it will cost. But, but, love when the Lord adds a big old but in the story. You can always turn around. And that's what I wanted to note about Naomi, is that sometimes we don't turn around until we come to the end of ourselves. Until we come to the end of our need to control our need to have everything our way, our, hate to say it, our need to be God, to write the story and act like we know everything. When we finally come to the end of that and just go back to the foot of God and say, I don't have this figured out. I don't really know what I'm doing. And this did not end the way that I wanted And even though I walked away, I'm asking for forgiveness. I repent and I want you to write the story. I can't even tell y'all how many times I have had to do that, probably at the age of 24. Mind you, I've only been 24, probably a month and a half now. That's how that's how bad it gets. But when we decide, okay, I don't know everything and I'm not God and I don't want to know everything. I don't even want that responsibility. When we come to the end of ourselves in repentance, when we submit ourselves at the foot of God, I think that's really where our healing begins. And that's what where Naomi's healing, I like to think. I think that's where hers began. Even though hers was a work in progress, because over the next couple of chapters, over like, and I highly advise you go read it too, is that she wanted to call herself Mara because she was, because she said, you know, it means bitter for the Lord has dealt with me bitterly, meaning she was still grieving, even though she went back to the Lord, she was still grieving and still very, very hurt and very broken. But she knew even in that grief, even in that brokenness, like I got to get back up under God's wing. I got to get back to that place. I got to get close again. I got to 
lay myself at the feet of Jesus to be for him to be my example and not for me to be my own example. When we get there, I do believe that's where our redemption actually comes from. You know how they say like, oh, you wouldn't you wouldn't go you wouldn't try to get healthy before you go to the doctor. You go to the doctor because you are sick and you know the doctor can heal you. Well, that's that's this scenario completely. You got to go back to the foot of the father so you can so you can be redeemed so you can live a life more abundantly you don't have to stay in that very sick broken place because that's all you knew or because that's what you think you deserve god one thing i've learned and this is from a book i read called gentle and lowly by dane ortland is the very heart of god is drawn to his children he is inexplicably drawn to the heart of his kids he loves and adores past comparison and past understanding and when we don't understand that I think that breaks his heart more when we don't understand that his love supersedes all of our dumb decisions and all of our mistakes and really our disobedience it it I think it breaks its I think it breaks his heart that we don't understand how much he loves us and really will never understand. But when we reject his love because we don't think we deserve it, that's a problem on us because we have a misunderstanding of how infinite his love is. Chuck could go on a tangent, but oh, like I think that really blessed me because all of us at some capacity have wandered off. And the more than anything, God is not a, I told you so, God. He's not a, I told you not to go there and look at you now. Like, no, he's not, he's not like that. Like, he is not like that. Um, I can't help but think of this one time. My nephew, he was like one, almost two. And my mom had just mopped the kitchen floor, right? He had just mopped. And she told, she said, Trey, don't walk in there. The floor is wet. And he knew exactly what she was saying because he smiled. He had that little mischievous smile and he walked on in there <laughs> and he fell like he fell and, you know, he, he slipped and he fell and it, it looked like it really hurt. <laughs> and my mom and I couldn't help but laugh because they're like, we told you not to go in there. But, you know, like, even though it was a little funny, we like my mom and I were like, oh, OK, come here, Bubba. Like, come here, you know, just pat his leg until he felt better and you know then he was fine he was perfectly fine and if this is what you know for example that's my nephew so if this is what a aunt and a nephew or a mother and a child are like how much more affirming and loving and caring and nurturing is our heavenly father how much more is he to tend to our wounds and heal us of our brokenness and heal us from, you know, the things that have hurt us and, you know, redeem us from our disobedience. How much more? You know what I'm saying? If God's hand stretched out to Naomi, if he's a God that doesn't change, well, if he did it, then he'll do it again. Right. If she just repented, if he stretched out his hand for her, he's sure to do it again. He's sure. He is so sure to do it again. And my encouragement to you is it does not matter. It really it really doesn't. I don't know how to further drive that home, but it doesn't matter how far off you wandered or how far off you think you are. 
there is a God waiting on you to re- on your return. Um, this is my final point, and I'm closing. I've been running my mouth for 20 minutes. But in the book that I was reading called Gentle and Lowly, it describes the heart of Christ. It's an amazing book. And one point that it made is divine grace is so radical that it reaches down and turns around our very desires. So our eyes are now open and Christ now becomes beautiful. It says that we do not come to a set of doctrines. We do not come to a church. We don't even come to a gospel. All of these, yes, are vital. But most importantly, we come to a person. We come to Christ himself. So when we wander off, we don't come back to a set of rules. We come back to Christ. We come back to to a Lord and Savior that says, I know you were going to wander off. I knew you were going to be disobedient. And I knew things were going to hurt you. I knew all of that. I still want you to come back. I still want you here with me. Your heart is the number one thing that I desire. You know, the Bible says that God is a jealous God. The only thing that he desires, the thing that he desires from us is not these rituals and all of these, you know, routines that, you know, just make us seem like a holier than thou Christian. He wants our heart. He wants our heart. And disobedience is when we have a heart problem. And so you can't, obey him by trying to fix your heart you obey him by taking your heart to him and then he works that disobedience out he works those things that don't necessarily look like him he works those things out you really understand that he is a sovereign merciful and a just god he's many many of things but he is never far away it doesn't matter where you wandered off to he is never far away And so a couple of points that I hope you took home for one are go back to the place of nourishment. Okay. Obedience, disobedience does cost. Obedience does pay. And if he did it before, he will do it again. I kind of rambled for a second, but hey, that's what these are for. These are conversations. Y'all know how those rambling conversations go. But I hope this passage of scripture kind of resonated with you, um, particularly if you are in a place where, you know, just getting back under the Lord's wing has just been a little difficult or you've been caught in limbo or you just feel like you're just you're just tripping a little bit. We've all been there. I'm here to say I have been there. I am just now coming out of that place. And as long as we are seeking the heart of the father, he is sure to respond. And so. We're going to be all right, okay? We're going to go back to the bread. Get back to the bread, period. But anyway, um, I am going to go ahead and close just because, yeah, I hope this sits on your sits on your brain just for a little while. But I'm going to go ahead and close. Um, so, Lord, I just I thank you. God, I just can't help but thank you that you are a God that sees us. You are a God that knows us well and sees our brokenness god and loves us wholeheartedly through all of those things god thank you that you're a merciful god and that you are present and near in times of need god and that you see us and that you love us and that you are close lord i pray that for anybody that is under the sound of my voice lord that feels like they're stuck in limbo or feels like they're too far off to get back close to you lord god i pray that your spirit would just draw them in I pray that your love and kindness, Lord, that it would just it would just suffocate them just so they would understand the magnitude of who you are and that you are 
a Lord that just wants his children, that you just want the heart of the kid, of the ones that you love, God. And I thank you for that heart, Lord God, because it, it leads us, it leads us back to you. And I thank you that we can depend on that more than anything else in this world, Lord. I pray that while we are all struggling, that we get back focused and we go back to that place that you have set for us, Lord, and we walk in that obedience and that we walk in those things that you have for us, God, not even just to not even just to do it, but just to walk in purpose and walk in alignment, God, and help lead others to you and show others your love and be reflections of your love, God. It's in your name I ask and pray, and I thank you for all that you've already done, all that you already did, and all that you're going to do that we haven't even touched or seen or heard about yet, Lord. It's in your name I ask and pray. Amen. Well, child, I hope this got you good today. If you guys got any responses or, I don't know, just anything that you want to share or, you know, comments or feedback, please feel free to do so. Um, I really appreciate you guys just coming in and, you know, just spend a little bit of time with me, letting me run my mouth, especially about Jesus, because I'm good for that. And um, yeah, but thank you guys for listening and tuning into this episode. Please like, comment, subscribe. Um, so you can stay up to date with everything going on in the Made in His Image community. Um, but yeah, I love y'all. I hope y'all have a wonderful, blessed, blessed, blessed day. And I'll see y'all soon. Bye, y'all.